I've got a lot of a lot of balls in the air right now. And just a lot of balls in general, you know. Cut nuts. Yeah, but like so many. Welcome back to our podcast, Tales from the Table. I'm Cloud, the dungeon master and creator of this adventure, and around our virtual table we have... Athanasius. Flower. And Caden. All right, everybody. It has I been have a while. Written... Not... Yeah, but they're not supposed to know that. Shush. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> this is evergreen content, yo. We don't talk about what time it is. We right. don't talk Everyone's about... Everyone's going to be October. binging this, remember? October? Yep. yep. That's yep. yes. October. It's we are in October still. Yep. We put out an episode in Happy Halloween a couple everybody. weeks Greetings, ago. Greetings, future listeners in the future year of like twenty twenty four or wherever, whenever you're listening Man, to really this. Really stretching there, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure the planet will have just like burned down by then. No, no optimism. That's optimistic. No, that's just Australia. Oh yeah! Oh, oh lord! Okay. What if Australia? Well, now we've now we've given away when we're listening to this. Unless Australia is constantly on fire just from now on out. I mean, it it's going to be fire and giant spiders and poisonous snakes. Oh, just a fire and full kangaroos. of spiders. Yeah. Don't oh, forget the kangaroos. Horrible. Fire spiders. The jacked right. kangaroos well, and, and jacked are, kangaroos. are there for sure. Australian listeners, we're really sorry. Um, that you're on fire and full of spiders. <laughs> and kangaroos. Fucking and don't kangaroos. mess with those things. Right. Spread the okay. word. Uh, yeah, your your country is full of so many terrifying <sighs> things. But you is all seem so cheerful in spite of that. So tell us what your like life secret is, how you find that zen. And you call McDonald's Maccas, which I just find fascinating. Oh, that's a little weird. Okay. All right, all right, all right. D&D. Hey, guys, this is a D&D podcast. Okay. We ended on a bit of a cliffhanger. <laughs> so, last time, our heroes returned to Gallimaufry with new friends and maybe some enemies in tow. They recounted the story of their adventures in Saloon and gained new and troubling information about events in the Midlands. With Flower determined to return to Relish, Antonia offered to perform a mysterious magic of her own to gain the party information about what awaits them there. What will the party find when they return to the jungle basin? Will they be a match for it? We don't know, <laughs> but probably based on prior experience in my DMing skills. All right, let's get this. I don't, I was going to say like party started, but then it just sort of like caught in my throat and I don't know what happened there, so. Let's start this geologic divination. Mm. Okay, so yeah, just to tell you guys where we are, because it's been like a couple months. Um, you guys are in the room where you were meeting with everybody and talking about everything. You three are there with Antonia, and she has just sort of cleared space on the floor. Uh, and you are sort of sitting across from her with this maybe like three feet of space in the middle. So uh, as you are sitting across from Antonia, um, she has a pretty sort of somber demeanor, which is in kind of stark contrast to 
how she usually is. You can tell that she's uncomfortable. And usually Antonia is someone who's very calm and in command of, of situations. But she seems a little, maybe not uncertain, but maybe just uh, shaken by something as she uh, very carefully clears this space on the floor between you. She even goes so far as to like, take out a, a broom and sweep it so that the uh, wooden floor is completely clear of any dust or anything like that. Um, and uh, as she takes a bit of chalk out of her pocket and starts to chalk some grid lines on the ground, she says, so this particular magic that I can perform is a form of divination magic. I had studied methods similar to this in my previous life when I was at the university, although that's not the type of magic that I did back then. This is not a particularly precise way of getting information, but it is the best that I can do, unfortunately. The way that this works is that um, as I perform the magic, you can ask uh, three questions. Um, they can be vague or specific, but the answers don't come in the form of words. It's a little difficult to explain until you see it done. They, The answers are never precise. They require interpretation, and I can definitely try to help with some of that, but um, just uh, know that probably you won't get a, a specific answer to any of your questions. Nothing too definitive, but it, it still might give you a picture of what's going on. Flower is nodding, uh, tail sort of lashing nervously. So she, Antonia, um, finishes uh, sort of chalking these lines on the ground that uh, create a sort of grid. And then with uh, hands that tremble slightly, she rolls up uh, the sleeve on her left arm. And underneath, I think I had mentioned this before, Antonia's hands and uh, forearms are uh, wrapped in bandages. They're very clean. You've never seen anything that looks like blood or or anything else on there. Uh, but you've also never asked about it, uh, which is why Antonia's never told you about it. So, uh, And she rolls up uh, her left sleeve and uh, begins to unwrap the bandages on her left arm. And as she does that and the bandages uh, fall away, you see that uh, her left arm from about the elbow down is not made of flesh, uh, but is made of sort of crumbled earth that has been sort of compacted into a <laughs> arm and hand shape, um, which doesn't make, it's, it's a little shocking to see that because you've seen Antonia move her hands perfectly normally uh, not have any problems handling things. Um, but you can see this sort of crumbled, packed earth, and running through it are these, uh, every once in a while you see just a little shimmering, uh, glimmering vein of sort of white uh, light that runs uh, through her arm as well. Um, and as you watch, she reaches and sort of digs the fingers of her right hand into her left arm and scoops out a fairly small handful of earth. 
uh, and it does leave a sort of um, a sort of hollow from where she where she takes it, and she looks towards you, although without quite meeting your eyes. Does does that hurt? Um, no, uh, it doesn't hurt, but uh, it doesn't heal either. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. From the calamity, I take it. Yes. And healing magic doesn't work on it? No, there's um, there's no way to uh, restore what's lost as far as I can tell. Hmm. He kind of nods solemnly. And he feels bad because like, he's you know a healer, but he feels like he can't really do anything in this situation. So now that I'm level five, I have the spell Lesser Restoration. Could I roll some sort of check to see if I think that would help? Um, sure. Just uh, give me a straight uh, roll with your wisdom, or not wisdom, charisma modifier. Fifteen. Um, you're not 100% sure because your abilities are new to you as well. You're sort of still discovering the extent of what they can do. Uh, you feel like it might be worth a try, at least. Do do I? And I sort of hold out my little hands, like, towards hers. Oh, no, uh, I, um, the magic still comes from inside me, too, so, uh, I'll, I'll need to actually, um, uh, do the procedure. Um, but, uh, you can ask the question now. Um, I look back at Athen and, uh, Caden. Do I just... Go for it? I mean, you certainly know a lot more about Relish than we do. You know, we... I kind of glance at Caden, or... As far as I'm aware, neither of us have either been to Relish. Have you ever been in that direction, Caden? No, most definitely not. So are you okay with uh, leaving this up to Flower, then? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Okay, good. Um... No pressure. And I smile a little bit. <laughs> I want to know what is the best way to help the people of Relish? As you ask your question, uh, Antonia uh, takes the small uh, handful of earth that she is holding and um, she whispers a couple words over it and sort of turns it around in her right hand. And um, as she does so, it starts to glow a little bit. And then she takes it and with a quick uh, motion scatters it uh, over the grid she has drawn on the ground. And uh, you can tell this is magic because the earth, when it falls, does not fall in a random pattern, but in a very clear picture. As the earth falls on the grid, it forms into three sort of pictograms. Um, the first uh, shows uh, what looks like uh, a chain, but there is uh, very distinctly a uh, like a, a break in the middle of it. Uh, so the links of the chain have been broken. Uh, then uh, there is um, uh, a, an open eye. Uh, so an eye uh, with like um, the people in the center 
um, that's clearly open rather than closed. And uh, the last one you see is a rising sun. I was hoping it would be like kill a monster or something and make everything better. I should say usually the um, the meaning they can be symbolic. It can be direct. It's, I'm sorry that it's so imprecise, but uh, breaking a chain, that um, could mean setting something free, or breaking some sort of bond between one thing and another, or uh, something like that. Um, the eye, I mean, it could mean something is watching, it could simply mean witnessing something, it... Uh, could mean something else altogether. As for the sun, sun usually means warmth and life and happiness and uh, all sorts of good things. We gotta murder the sun. <laughs> it wasn't like a knife or anything. No, the, the sun Just is imprisoned the and we need to free the sun from its imprisonment. By looking right at it. <laughs> Yes, the, uh, what the right pictograms the are telling you is stare at the sun, <laughs> and you and ye shall be set free. <laughs> Look directly at it. All right. Um, Antonia takes a little uh, like brush and pan, and um, uh, sort of scoops the earth back up uh, with that, and says, um, "Had you thought about what your second question was?" I look over at Caden. Uh, yeah, I was wanting to ask something. I was wanting to know, where should I start looking for my own? Uh, in response to your question, Caden, uh, Antonia once again whispers a few words, stirs the earth in the palm of her uh, right hand, and then scatters it. And as she does so, it forms another three pictures. The first, um, is eerily familiar to you it is a teapot but not just any teapot it is the uh the same teapot that was painted on the sign outside your uncle's tea shop Mm -hmm. Um, the same one that was on the piece of stationery that you uh found in the gloaming uh so sort of like a logo but like old-timey style (laughs) i don't know yeah old-timey logo branding okay um, the second one shows, for lack of a better way of saying it, a, a crystal, uh, much like the we- the one on the outside of your flask. And uh, the third picture um, looks a, a little bit out of place and strange compared to the other two, uh, but it looks like parsley. It's sort of this stylized picture of um, a plant with leaves that look like parsley leaves. Antonia sort of looks at it and goes, "Hmm, that's odd. I, since I'm a cook, would I have knowledge about what this parsley-like plant would be? Boom. Sure, why don't you uh, roll me a knowledge nature check? We'll see if you can identify this precise identity of this plant. It isn't like a super, like, it's not like the earth is like making like a super precise like (laughs) etch-a-sketch picture for you here. It's like a pictogram still. Even with a negative one to that, I got a 17. Oh, damn. So yeah, there are a lot of uh, plants that are sort of like in the parsley family. You're like, "Mm, what kind of parsley is this? Is it cilantro? 
No. What is it? Um, Cilantro to you... can suck my butt. <gasps> yeah. I mean, I like it, but not everybody does. Uh, but when you look at the exact shape of the leaves on this one, um, it looks less like um, uh, cilantro or something like that and more like uh, what would be called chervil or French parsley. <laughs> Sorry, is that's there, what, Wiki, is what there Wikipedia France, says. Is there a Sometimes France it's called French parsley. Yes, there is. Yes, there's a place called France in this <laughs> universe. Do I have a lot of family members named after herbs? Uh, you you do, yeah. <laughs> do I really? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Who are the people in your backstory that are in here? Uh, Annis, Caden's cousin, brother of Sherville, killed in a lightning storm. Let's see. Sherville, Caden's cousin... I'm just wondering if he would get it confused with another herb. Another relative? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Again, you, you, you might be able to, to tell me. I knew I had your mom written down on here, too, but I can't find her. Uh, for now, I'm only finding your dad, Tio, but I know that I had your, your mom down on here also somewhere. Oh, your mom's Aurelia. That's, that's like the scientific name of a type of plant, right? It's another type of plant. Let's see if it looks like parsley. It doesn't look like parsley. Okay. None of them look like parsley except... The French one. Except Sherville. Sherville he is parsley. He has a French accent French now. Parsley. You know that, right? <laughs> well, actually... Cloud, I need to hear your French accent immediately or I'm quitting. Oh, wait, wait. I, <laughs> I am... I am Caden Onyx Cobbler's cousin, Sherville. I come from France, in the north of the empire. <laughs> I eat lobster and snails, like all halflings do. That's my best. That's, I can't do voices, Not you guys. All halflings do. <laughs> guys, I'm really. I'm so I, sorry. I would like to formally apologize at this point to my beloved French teachers who taught me actual fucking French. Uh, in college, and right now I'm sure are, are crying tears of grief. They're probably not. They're actually probably just downing a whole bottle of wine, like because of how bad that was. Drinking the wine. Yeah, I'm really sorry. Uh, so yeah, are we are we done now? Uh, figuring out about Caden's backstory. Th those are your pictures. Flower sort of eyes that the the last pictogram and is like, it looks like a. Parsley, uh, more specifically, uh, Sherville, I think it's called. Caden, does that mean anything to you? That's uh, that's one of my cousin's names. So, looks like I need to go back home and talk to Sherville if I want to find my uncle. And the crystal looks very much like the the blue one on your flask there. Yeah, it does. I mean, I found it at home, so. The flask or the crystal? The crystal. Well, the uncle, my uncle made me the flask with the crystal. Well, I'm, I'm glad that that at least means something to you. I have to admit, I've never seen it um, make parsley before. That's a new one. As she's sort yeah, well, of like sweeping the earth back that, up for a third That side of my family is a little, a little obsessed with their, with their cooking uh, seasoning. <laughs> They're just like obsessive gardeners. I like them already. Well, Athen, do you have 
yeah, she kind of looks expectantly, I guess, at Athanasius, since she's now thinking each of you is going to ask a question. Um, Antonia, I'm thinking about that Minotaur we brought back. I'm very worried about how he's behaving and the crystals embedded in his skin and what that might mean for the cult's capabilities down the road. What what is the origin of the crystals in the Minotaur? Guys, the best part about this is that now we have we're going to have three leads to follow, which means we don't have to do this for like another year. Yeah, thank God that what I actually did last night was sit down and collect all the plot threads because i literally did that last night so i instantly know i know the answers to all these questions i, I just should have, to have asked how for to the name them of in. every npc in the universe god damn it <laughs> all right uh as you ask the third question antonio once again scatters the earth over the ground and as it falls it forms into uh the first image you see is uh, one that you've seen before and quite recently. It is the uh, head of the black one-eared dog with uh, its tongue lolling out and sort of mad rolling eyes. Uh, this you know from uh, what uh, Gilbert said is the symbol of the warlord Erebus, uh, who he told you about previously. The second image uh, is more of a sim symbol than a picture. Um, it shows basically just a, a circle with then kind of like a spiral inside. Um, and then the third image um, is also more of a symbol than a picture. Um, it shows almost a little bit like a yin-yang, um, but, uh, not, not quite the same, but kind of like one, uh, like, um, <laughs> what's a, what's a better way of describing this? Like a comma shape or a, a paisley shape, uh, sort of like a rounded tear, teardrop, uh, above and then another one, uh, below that are sort of, um, almost look like they're circling each other. Um, and Athanasius, you know that this... Uh, third image uh, or symbol. This third symbol uh, is very familiar to you as a student of magic. Uh, this is a very simple and ancient um, way of signifying the school of transmutation. And what about the the second symbol? Does yeah, he know about as that for one? the one in the middle, um, when it appears, Antonia says, ah, um, I've I've seen this one before. Um, it isn't uh, always immediately apparent what it means, but it can mean sort of a hole or a cave uh, sometimes, or uh, it signifies an emptiness or an opening. That could be vague and symbolic, or it could be something specific um, that's actually physical. What do we know about this warlord? Well, um, I don't know a whole lot myself. I know Gilbert has been the one who's been going back and forth to uh, that area in the Midlands, but certainly he um, has taken over several uh, cities in Charlon uh, and Galliard province, uh, including the city of Tremaine. He certainly has a reputation for being 
bloodthirsty, vicious, and cunning. That's about all I know. Well, I I point to the uh, I point to the transmutation symbol, and I say, I'm sure you recognize this as well as I do. Oh yes. If I had to guess, the aspect of transmutation is in the possession of said warlord currently. Hmm. I'm I'm not sure if I could extrapolate that much just from this. I mean, you were asking about the origin of the crystals, but um, there might be a connection. I'm not sure. If that's the case, and the cult is working with Erebus as well, that's certainly deeply troubling. Yes. All right, well, thanks, thanks for playing uh, Three Questions <laughs> with Antonia. <laughs> I, um... Look at Britannia, and I say, "Is is it all over?" Uh yes, yeah. She's um, she uh takes the bandages from where she'd folded them and and starts to. Um, do you, put do you them mind if I her. I try something first, and I hold out my little hands towards hers? She definitely hesitates for a moment. Um, you get the feeling that she is kind of protective of her hands, as fragile as they are, and indeed, you can see. Um, now that she's mentioned that the earth doesn't regenerate, um, you can see there are some other places on her forearm where earth has been scooped out. Not too many, but um, you definitely get the feeling that if it happens too much, uh, she could definitely start to lose the use of her arms. So I'll be very gentle. Um, all right. Um, all right. Breaks her takes arm off. My I cast, <laughs> I cast uh, Lesser Restoration. Um, okay. So as you place your hand over Antonia's uh, sort of earthy arm and uh, uh, place it over the place where she just scooped out some of the dirt that she used to cast this divination spell for you, uh, you feel sort of warmth that comes up, and you feel a strange connection, too, to uh, the earth in Antonia's arm. Um, your magic so far has come from the earth, and this is also earth, and it sort of resonates with you on a level that maybe you weren't quite expecting. And as that happens, uh, the sort of divot that was just created... Um, actually does fill back in. Um, the other ones don't, but uh, the one that you touched did. Oh, well. Antonia's, like, shocked. <laughs> I think there's... That's um, something. Yeah, like I mentioned, there's sort of these seams of, um, like, uh, glowing white light that run through parts of her arm. Uh, and I think sort of the whole fills with that uh like bright light and then uh after that fills in with with earth well i'm glad to know i can do that for you i i didn't even think anything like that would be possible thank you of course i had yeah these are a little fragile and i had worried that um you know, over time, I might uh, eventually lose the use of my arms and hands. That would um, be a, mm, hard to bear. We all have 
strange powers we don't understand, and you don't have to bear anything on your own. You never know when one of us can help you. I... I'll certainly keep that in mind. Please do. I... um... have to go take care of something. Yes, of, of course. Um... Before you go, make sure you, uh... you take care of things here, um... Uh, d you know, don't don't rush in without um, a plan and proper supplies and and things like that. Um, I'm sure the situation is dire, but make sure you have everything you need before you leave. Of course, of course. I'll make sure the mm, other two. I'll see what y they are going to do when I w we go. I don't know if. Sonnet wants to come with us or not. I, I don't know a lot of things, but I need to go uh, to the conservatory. That's where I'll be if you need me. I am just now remembering that Sonnet exists. <laughs> I might have said that just to remind you Sonnet all. Sonnet <laughs> does exist. Uh, so last does you saw, Yeah, last you saw Sonnet and Yuali had sort of been taken upstairs by, by Raya. Uh, Sonnet was wearing a uh, enormous bejeweled crown that they summoned out of thin air. And you might be regretting that you taught them how the house works. Thanks for that, Athen. Sounds uh, sounds about right. Yep. Well, Antonia is uh, putting her bandages back on, getting the room back in order. Um, what are you guys all doing? I think I'll see if Flower will let me go with them to the conservatorium. Uh, if Athen starts... Uh coming after flower i'll look at you and just quietly say i'm going to bury the uh, give the um halfling man that i killed a funeral i don't know if you want to witness that i'm willing to help if you would like i know it was a difficult experience for you <sighs> okay let's go and i just kind of follow behind uh behind flower i'm gonna let him um cloud take flower. the lead on this i i pop into existence for like a brief half second it's just like, what the fuck <laughs> who was that person a and why did they have such cool hair <laughs> were those cages oh my god <laughs> oh my god oh my yes Caden. i just said a cloud popped into existence i start raining a little bit Guys, we're so fast and loose this morning. What the fuck is even happening? Okay, cool. Caden, what are you doing? Who's making the boots? Oh, Artan. Artan. Artie. Go see Artan. Go see yep, Artie. he should be up in his workshop. Or down. Or sideways. Wherever it is today. You don't know. I go to the workshop. Okay. <laughs> Probably takes you a little bit to fit. You're like opening a bunch of doors. Nope, that's a closet. Oh, bathroom. <laughs> Whoa, Shit, never seen Antonio's that before. That's Antonio's room. I, I, I pause. room. And I listen intently for the sounds of a hammer. <laughs> okay. Uh, you don't necessarily... Well, actually, no, you know what? In this case, you probably do hear a hammer because Artie oh. is also working on making some platinum bands for Athanasius. Uh, you do eventually open the right door and uh, uh, there is uh, Artan. He's got some uh, like some working goggles on. He, uh, he seems to be doing some... Um, 
I don't know. What's it called when you like make a fucking ring? Is that like metalsmithing? Is that metallurgy? Metallurgy, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever the fuck you to do it. Isn't it like Lord of the Rings where you pour the molten metal into a mold? Smelting. I don't know. Look, These audience. Are all I don't know fucking smithing. anything fucking about how you make some rings. rings. I don't know anything it, about that. I, I've seen in Lord of the Rings ring. where they forge the one ring, they pour molten metal into a mold. So well, I'm just assuming that's how it really happens. That Athens was asking for, he probably just pours it into a mold. Sweet. So that's what he's doing. He's got like a really hot forge where he melted platinum. And mm, he's... Very good. Wow. Th- there we go. Cool. And uh, he's nice. he's making some rings. That's what Yay. he's doing. Hey, Artie. Oh, uh, uh, hi there, Caden. Uh, give me a second here. This is uh, a little bit uh, tricky and hot. Uh, don't want to burn yourself. I get close like a curious kid and look at it. <laughs> okay, there, it's intense heat as like he's like pouring this molten metal. I get close enough metal. that it doesn't burn Okay, me. make a dexterity right. saving not, throw. I'm curious, not stupid. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you can see him pouring the molten metal into the molds and then I'm I would assume... An adult. You have I'm to cool them off and in water. I act like a kid, but I'm still an adult. All right. That's I'm gonna get so much shit from people like who know how to make jewelry. Okay, whatever. Yeah, he's he's making rings, and when he finishes, he sort of takes off his protective gloves and the goggles that he's wearing and everything, and sort of runs his fingers through his mussy hair, puts his normal glasses back on. Is Casimir around? Uh, no, he seems to have gone somewhere else for the moment. Uh, it's oh, just Artie in the room at the moment, yeah. Uh, yeah, Caden, were you, uh, here about the boots? Uh, what else? I say cheerfully. All right, right like, I don't want to be like an asshole, be like, what else was here? I want to be like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> no, no, he's cool. Yeah, uh, I, I just finished them earlier, so, uh, here they are. Uh, try them on, see if they, uh, see if they fit. I hope I got your, uh your foot size right and he hands you a pair of boots uh they're fur lined just like you like but um it occurred to caden that maybe he should have told Artie his boot size <laughs> we'll just you know? we'll just say you did that this was forever ago before you before you left for saloon in game it's only right. been like three days but whatever uh yeah um you see that the void quartz has sort of been um uh sewn uh it has been like broken up into into smaller pieces that have then been like sewn like bead embroidery in um these uh beautiful sort of like uh cloud or spiral patterns on the outside of the boots um they're kind of bedazzled <laughs> a little bit and they're supposed to make you stealthier <laughs> well it is void quartz so it's it's kind of this like dark black uh stone it, it's not that shiny they shine bright like a diamond. Is it a matte stone? <laughs> shine bright like or a diamond matte? in disguise. It's, it's not. It's not matte black. No. Uh, but uh, it 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 still has a sheen to it. But um, it's not like it's not like putting uh Swarovski crystals all over your boots. And yeah, those uh those have the statistics of boots of elven kind, I believe, uh, which are in the uh, dungeon master's guide. Awesome. Thanks, Artie. Uh, uh, no problem. I, uh, this I owe was, you anything uh... else, or? Uh... Oh no, no. These are uh, these are all yours. All right. Thanks a whole bunch. Yeah. Just let me know if uh, there's anything else I can do for you. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, good luck with your uh, 
rest of your work there. Yep. I almost. <laughs> he's like blu- he's blushing more and more as you're like having this awkward conversation. <laughs> oh, I didn't think it was awkward. I thought I was just saying hi. Oh, okay. Uh, I always wanted yeah. to have Kate say, "How you how you making those rings there?" <laughs> I mean, I I would think it was so obvious. Like, I'm doing exactly what you can see with your eyes, uh, following the he didn't established process for oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, Caden leaves. <laughs> Stealth out of the he's, room. He's gonna he's gonna go jogging around the house, breaking in his new boots. Cool, cool. <laughs> yep, you jog all around the mansion. Uh, I think you run past the door that still has on it in uh, crayon. Prisoner, do not enter. Uh, you jog past uh, another uh, room uh, where uh, the door is open. And as you jog past, uh, Raya sees you and with a big grin says, eh, Nice kicks there, uh, halfling man. Thanks, Raya. Sort of gives you a wave as you trot past. Not very effective, these boots. Caden thinks to himself. <laughs> <laughs> Not very effective. Ryan can still... I don't remember what the boots actually do. <laughs> they don't make you invisible. Let's see. Boots of Elven kind. God damn it. God damn it, you guys. Why? Quick, let us argue about rules for 20 minutes. God damn it. Your steps make no sound. You have advantage on stealth checks that rely on moving silently. Boom. You have to actively say that you're stealthing to to stealth. If you're just walking normally, they don't like... But my boots make no sound. Quote, unquote, So you were jogging by and your footfalls made no sound, which was fun. But Raya still saw you. So how would Raya know to turn around to look through the doorway? Well, the door was open, so they just, they noticed the movement out of... Unless Raya is just perpetually looking out the door. No, there's like, she and and Sonic out of the corner of her eye are in this room and she sees movement out of the corner of her eye and she looks and there you are jogging past with sparkly boots that make no sound there it is yeah <laughs> you never give me this shit why is it only with cloud because <laughs> <laughs> it's more fun to torment me frankly yeah that's because true. kane's a little bit more of an oddball when he does things <laughs> no matter how far you push me, I'm probably not going to actually send a Sharknado to eat you. <laughs> like another certain dungeon master may or may not have done to me in my character. So, go. yeah. I blame Marshall. That's fucking, all I'm going to say about that. Fucking watch out. What if I make a Snake-nado? Snake-nado? What about a Piranha-nado? I have infinite um charm animals for snakes, so fucking give do you it. Yes, I did. <laughs> you, just, you, sh- you charm the snake NATO. I and now you suddenly the just have. <laughs> I can't wait to have, have you I meet am our friend the Rock. NATO. Jesus Christ. This campaign, you, you think it can't get any worse, and then just on top of everything else, it just gets worse. Worse? Right. Uh, I think this worse. is fucking great, so personally. What we should right. really do with this episode is, yeah, cut it, cut out all the all the fluff for the normal episode. I was going to say, it's going to be like And then like, like have like a 15-minute mini-episode where it's just all of our bullshit. I was going to say, this episode, I think we've only produced maybe like 15 minutes of usable content. Oh my god, it's so bad. It's so bad. bad. <laughs> we did three <laughs> questions and talked about boots. <laughs> yep, yep, talked about boots. Let's do a funeral now. Um, okay, so... Kane's definitely stealthing by that. Yeah. (laughs) 
I'm I'm not gonna lie. I know this isn't accurate, but I'm just imagining Caden in like a velour tracksuit and UGG boots that are bedazzled, just jogging by everybody. I can get on board with this. Okay. I don't know where the tracksuit came from. It just sort of a little appeared. fedora hat. It's perfect. oh yeah, and is is fedora. Yep. Um. All right. Well, if we enter the conservatory, as long as things haven't changed, um, I'll ask the house for like a a shroud cloth okay um yeah why don't you roll your charisma check for that or persuasion whichever i was having you roll before i don't remember that's a hot natural one nice uh you get a tablecloth it's not a clean one either it's clearly like somebody's tablecloth that just got snatched it's got like a little mustard stain on it well i guess this will have to work I lay it out, and there's, like, some uh, ceremonial serpent folk things that I start to say, and I sort of peter out, and I'm like, funerals are supposed to be celebrations of legacy and those left behind, but I don't know anything about him. Uh, this, this This just isn't right. Because we never really learned his, we didn't actually learn Clement's no, name. No, right? I was going to say, Correct. I, I just, I called Clement and Atlas by their names just because it was easier. But yeah, you guys technically shouldn't know them. Is there, so I'll start like going over his body a little more carefully to see if I can find any other clues that we could use in the in the funeral. Because I know he had like some spell components on him or something. He did, um, hold on one sec. And I'm checking more than just his pockets. Like, I'm looking for, you know, scars or marks on his body as well. Yeah, I don't think you had checked his body particularly carefully before. No, I found Um, the key on him and then just wrapped him up, yeah. So, as you sort of go through his pockets, yeah, you don't find a ton, except, I, I believe I did describe this before, that you find, um... Uh, a sort of pouch it looks like a he has a like a normal spell component pouch but then there's sort of a separate one that has um some brightly colored chalk in it and some bottles of ink um that when you sort of swirl them around in the light you can they like glimmer um almost like they've got an extra special sparkle to them um you well i don't know uh roll me an arcana check oh uh, yeah i was going to say could since i studied at the university could i do a check to see if i yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. recognize oh, yeah. these as the components for a particular spell yeah fucking another natural one for me all right you have no idea what they're for you could probably make a really pretty picture with them uh 15 from me um yeah a little a memory <laughs> yeah are you actually there no okay oh jesus where did you come what from the fuck? <laughs> those are very effective boots boots are very effective Okay. All right. Yeah. So, uh, something tickles in the back of your mind. Um, you didn't study this particular magic. Um, it was sort of out of your wheelhouse, but you know that, uh, in the empire, um, uh, teleportation magic was used quite frequently to move things and people, uh, back and forth across the 
large span of the empire at uh, a quick rate. Um, that wasn't available to ordinary people, but to, um, you know, people working for the government, uh, as, especially at high levels, it certainly was. And um, most of the places um, where that happened had more than just teleportation circles. They actually had sort of like uh, ones that would have been carved, uh, you know, made like permanent with like stone and metal. Um, but you know that if you wanted to create a uh, sort of... Uh, permanent, but not as, like, fancy or as um, uh, official-looking a teleportation circle, which helps guide travel. Uh, you would use uh, chalk and ink similar to uh, what Flower has in his hands. Very interesting. What do you mean? It's just chalk and ink. It's used for drawing stuff. So... This particular type of ink and, and chalk, but mostly the ink, uh, is used to make a mostly permanent teleportation circle. Interesting. Virginia had that teleportation ring, too. It seems like the cult is e easy, can move places with magic very, very quickly, huh? They definitely value being able to respond anywhere on the continent as quickly as possible, it seems, yes. Hmm. I wonder if he was initially out in Soloon just to check up on Bossom and possibly create a, uh, a teleportation circle to help him get back to the cult after his job was done. And then when he found out that he was missing, that's when everything went south, you could say. Very interesting. What else do I find on Clement's body? Yeah, so that's pretty much all you find in his pockets. I can go back and listen to the episode where you go through his pockets. Uh, but I don't think there was anything else in there that was super significant. But uh, as you're sort of shifting his clothes around, uh, you find uh, on his back, uh, between his shoulder blades, he has what, for lack of a better term, I'm going to call a tattoo. Uh, it is of the uh, uh, the upside-down skull that has a uh, crown floating above it, uh, which you guys know is the symbol of the cult of the ever-living. Um, this tattoo is unusual. It definitely isn't just done in ordinary black ink. Um, it uh, is a dark color, but it seems to almost move and shift as you look at it. It almost looks like an oil slick. Um, for lack of a like better way of describing it. It's got these sort of, within the darkness, it's got these shifting colors, even like small, small glimmers. Um, and even though it is static, it seems like it has motion in it and it seems strangely alive and unnerving. Like the tattoos of the dark mark in Harry Potter, kind of? I was thinking almost a little bit like um, I've been reading the new Eberron books uh, and dragon marks look a little bit like this. Um, so Does this ink look similar to the stuff in the bottles? Yes, a little bit. It does. Does it seem, does the tattoo seem magical in nature? Oh, definitely. Can I do a check? Sure. What kind of check do you want? Uh, what are you 
doing and what are you trying to figure out? Well, as soon as I see that he has a magical tattoo, I'm immediately worried that it's something that is going to allow the cult to track where he is. Okay. So I'm kind So you're of... trying to figure out like what what the magic is and what it does yes. for the extent of it. Yes. Okay. Um without actually casting detect magic, you're not going to get a super precise answer. Or even better, um I know I haven't been making you guys do this, but um if any of you have the spell identify. I do have detect magic, but like you said identify seems more useful in this situation. Yeah, detect magic It'll tell you the school. Right. Which I guess would be helpful to know if it was like divination versus tell or like um, transmutation. Okay. Well, I may not get as much out of it, but I'll cast detect magic as a ritual. Okay. Yep. Uh, you can sort of start doing that as a uh, flower. I'm assuming starts to sort of like prepare the body in a, a ritual sort of way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you... I don't think there's anything magical in this room that you didn't already know about. Um, it's mostly all the magic stuff on you and Flower lights up. And, uh, you know, Clement a little bit, mostly because of this tattoo. Uh, and it is definitely uh, transmutation magic coming from this tattoo. Okay. And I know, I'm trying to remember, the schools in D&D are kind of broad. Yeah, transmutation is about, it can be a couple of things, but it it's either turning one thing into another thing or enhancing the abilities or properties of a thing. Okay. It can be that too. So not tracking magic. That would be divination, right? Yeah, if you wanted to find something from far away, that would be divination magic. Cool, well, I am still prepping this body. Yeah, um, what I'm getting out of this out. is... They can't track the body with this tattoo. You would think probably not. I mean, okay. it, uh, it. they could still be using divination magic to try to find you uh, or try to find the body. Uh, but that would be mighty to... hard considering that we're hidden in like a pocket dimension. You get the feeling that that might give you some safety. Based Whereas on just your like previous, actually I mean, this is all new territory, considering this is all craziness created by the calamity. But true. based on your previous magical knowledge, you know that usually if you're trying to find something and it happens to be on another plane, that increases the difficulty. Right. Yeah. But it would probably like if you had something you could anchor the spell to, like a magical tattoo that was designed. To help you yeah, find the person. That it would... doesn't seem to necessarily be what the tattoo was for. Right. But that's what I was worried that it was for. Right. Yeah. I would say you don't know anything for certain, but your fears are mostly allayed. Okay. Well, I'll sing a general song uh, that we sing when there's a unknown or unattached body that we have to bury. I keep saying bury, but we... Uh, in Serpent Folk Society, we usually do funeral pyres. So. That's probably, well, uh, it's probably not any better, but I was going to say, even though you're in a conservatory, it's only plants in pots. There's not really, unless you're going to chop him up into very small pieces and then put oh, like God. one piece in each pot. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, you're probably not actually going to be able to bury him. Yeah, poor Gilbert mm. is going to have a heart attack when he goes to repot some of those plants. <laughs> 
just like a finger falls out um yeah horrifying sorry um a funeral pyre inside somebody's house okay as flower starts to sing i'm going to cast uh enhance ability on him and i'm going to give him uh, eagle splendor to uh, help his performance (laughs) Oh, wow. That gives me advantage on charisma checks. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Flower, what exactly... So so what exactly are you planning on doing with this body? Because burying it's not really an option, and burning it... I mean, look, I'm not telling you what to do, but you are inside a house, uh, so lighting a funeral pyre seems like Gilbert might come and yell at you. I don't care about that right now. I want to... I need to do something, and so I'm going to light it unless Athen stops me. I'm not going to. Nope. I'm... Is Gallimaufry up to code? Does it have sprinklers? <laughs> My performance check, by the way, was a 19. Ooh, nice. Well, yeah, you do a beautiful job with this um, funeral performance. Um, and when you reach the end of your um, your song, and the time would come when you would usually light the pyre the body's just sort of laying there on this tablecloth Uh, there's not a whole lot of combustible material i mean you could start breaking up furniture to try to get some wood to burn um but uh, i mean you'd have to like resort to doing something like that there's no handy um like wood pile not in this room at least i could ask the the house for some especially because i'm feeling so charismatic right now yeah, uh, yeah, you could definitely, you could definitely do that. Okay, what's eighteen plus six? Because that's what twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah, sure. Um, lots of splendid firewood shows up. Uh, okay, which you can I don't. Stack into a, I don't a use fire. a lot. He's only a halfling. True, um, true, true. And I pour some of my uh, cooking oil on it, and I will light that. Okay, it it catches fire, and. Uh, it's not in a fire pit or anything, so you've now lit Gallimaufry on fire. Does that start to sink in to, like, Athanasius? To, to flower? I mean... Hashtag this is fine. I, I, I prepare creator destroy water in case it gets out of hand. I mean, it's going to get out of hand. All right. I'm not doing anything until it gets out of hand. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it starts to I mean, look, guys, I again, things I haven't done in my life. One, make a ring two, light a funeral pyre. But in movies, when I've seen it done, it's actually a very large stack of wood because you have to get a hot temperature for a quite a sustained period of time to actually like fully reduce a body to ashes. Um. So this would be I think like that's a... mostly because of the bones, so they could just light it on fire and then have bones left. Okay, I will say, yeah, like when I've seen it happen, though, it's like it's usually a fairly tall stack of wood. So this would probably be like a fairly, even for a halfling, a fairly large stack of wood, and it goes up and is now like this is a large fire that's in a room. That's not in like a fireplace or a fire pit or an oven. It's just raging there. So it immediately starts spreading across the floor and like lighting the curtains on fire. Athen, can you do the the thing you did in um, uh, Willis's chamber? Yep. And I cast create water and make the waterfall 
as rain in a 30-foot cube. Okay, you're going to have to do this several times to sort of rain on the room, but not on the pyre. But if if you want to do that, you you can. I have, yeah, I have some spell slots. Okay, so okay, I can okay, do okay. That. I'm like, because you can't really, it falls in like a cube, not a donut unfortunately it's it's not but like you 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 can do it okay i'll be generous and say that if you if you give the rest of the room a good soaking um you just ruin the room you don't with smoke and rain you just don't actually light the whole mansion on fire um mac would it yeah. burn through the floor and then like fall through depends on how long it's burning i mean for what level of cremation are you guys going for? If like things are turning to coal under him, then okay. I'm I think it takes quite a while. That out like, with like dirt. it takes like a house being on fire for a good bit for the floor to start collapsing. Okay, all right. I'm just making sure we're not going to have a Breaking Bad scenario over here. I think it's, and I think it's usually when the fire is below the floor that the floor starts collapsing. Oh, too. okay, and not on top of it. Okay. See, another thing I don't know about fires. <laughs> uh, there's a lot a of there's pretty guys miserable so funeral. much smoke there's a lot of smoke like hey, you're in the room here. with the funeral pyre you're probably gonna have to leave yeah i'm staying until i can't stand it anymore and okay i can hold my breath for 15 minutes <laughs> oh well okay and oh do snake eyes have uh those like nictitating membranes that you can put down um potentially i know i'm like cut out for swimming so we can okay. say yes sure sure yeah so you can actually stay in there for a long time uh i think athanasius is gonna have a harder time yeah i think i'm gonna um put my hand on flower's shoulder and be like i uh <clears throat> i have less smoke resistance than you do so i'm gonna oh. wait outside for you yes do do that do that i'm sorry uh, no what worries. was i thinking and so i i go and i'll wait outside has the rest of the house noticed the fire it's I'm a sure big a fucking big, house. The, 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 well, the smoke pours out the door when Athens opens it. No, they don't notice anything. I, I rolled for how, it. They're oblivious. How far away are they? Because if you've got a big fire going in one of the rooms and you don't have the ventilation. fire is out by now. It's just smoke. Because it's like, there's, there's, if there's something that's not even smoking in the oven but it's burning, you can smell it from like two rooms away. That is true. I, you know what, I'm going to say um, they smell smoke, but they, they might not know. It might take them a little bit to figure out what's actually going on. They're not like, oh my god, the house is on fire. Probably right away. I'm uh, pretty sure Artie's workshop and... gives off smoke, like, regularly. Especially if he has a forage that's capable of melting platinum. Yeah, mm. but his, that's set up as a ventilation. workshop. Like, he's got all the proper safety equipment and, like... Ventilation. Yeah. There was something else I was going to do in the room, but we can argue about smoke for a while. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, no, well, what else did you want to do in that room? Um, It's very trashed. The plants are probably... Well, they probably liked the rain. I'm not sure how they feel about the smoke, though. uh, I stick my hand into the the earth of one of the pots, so I'm Mm -hmm. sort of connected to it, and I say... Hey, I don't know who you are. I don't know why you chose me, but I know you're here and you're giving me power and you're listening. I felt you with Antonia. 
why are you letting this happen? Why did, why are you making me feel these things? Why did, why didn't you stop me from killing this, this halfling? Give me some answers. Sadly, the dirt does not feel any different than it did before. You certainly don't hear any voice. Rain is still softly pattering, uh, drop by drop on the leaves of the plant uh, that you've, you've stuck your hand into the dirt next to. I take a big, deep breath, and I start coughing and sneezing mightily, and then I go back out the door. Okay. That's it for this week. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode, and please give us a rating and review to help others join our adventure. You can find out more about the show and how to get in touch with us on our website, talesfromthetablecast.com, and you can find us on Twitter, at TableTalesCast. This podcast was edited by Cloud and Audrey, and produced by Cloud. Special thanks to Matt Marshall for his awesome advice. Our theme music is 8-Bit Adventure by Adhesive Wombat. This is your Dungeon Master, Cloud, and I hope you'll join us next week on Tales from the Table.